Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, August 6th. It's my birthday, folks. Happy birthday to me. 2021, I got the day off. I'm going to Chris Stapleton concert tonight. I can't wait. I hope you guys are having a happy Friday. We got a wonderful guest with us today. We're talking to Danny Tiffany, goaltending scout from Dauber Prospects. I'm super excited. I'm Nolan Bianchi. We got Scotty Bentley with us. What's up, Scotty Bentley? How's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going. It is going. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, tracking down 500. Tracking down 500 and 3K, man. And He's, 3K. Uh, looking looking good on both of those, yeah. I uh, I put out a stat the other day. He's hitting 308 since the start of June. Uh, that is his uh His OPS crazy. since they put the, like, just signs out in left field is, like, 1,100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever, since, I, ever since they started counting them, he's, like, prime Miggy again. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. They should have just had that up the entire time. Now, are For you real. a baseball guy, Danny, or should we just move it right on to goaltenders? Um, I'm not, like, a diehard baseball fan but i mean the white Sox are doing well so uh i'm keeping up with them a little bit but not like a diehard fan just a casual fan i guess there we go i respect that and it's uh, just a good thing you're not a cubs fan because if you were you'd be yeah. going through a pretty tough time right now uh, <laughs> yes you would now we're gonna get into sebastian Costa, but i do have to tell the folks that you need more hockey news all right Tanya, right now, Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. So here's the deal, Danny. We uh, <clears throat> we did a lot of draft profiles before, before the season's uh, draft. 50, 60, somewhere in that range. And we ran out of time to profile Sebastian Kosa. Just didn't get to it. And I knew at that exact moment that the Red Wings were going to pick this man on Friday, July 23rd, 2021, the year of our Lord. Now, we need somebody to talk to us about it. And I hope that you're our guy. I'm super excited to talk to you a little bit, a little bit of Kosa. What is your, your general overview of his game? What makes him such a special goaltender and why the Red Wings drafted him at 15th overall? Um, I mean, the first thing that stands out is obviously his size. I mean, that's anytime you're a goalie and you're that big at six foot seven, I think he was listed now in the, the Canadian junior camp in the summer. Um, I mean, that's going to probably get any GM or any scout pretty excited. Um, that just alone, obviously, is, is huge going into your draft year, but um, he's he's different from any big goalie that I've ever seen and probably that anyone's ever seen because um, he's so athletic. Like, I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is arguably the best goalie in the NHL right now. And he's only six foot four and Kosa is very, I'm not going to say similar, but I mean, his athleticism is, is as good as you're going to find in a, in a goalie. So that, I mean, you're getting a guy that, 
really in in my opinion doesn't have any standout weaknesses um he's got everything that you're looking for he's, he's quick his footwork is phenomenal for, i mean honestly if you, if you told me he was six seven and you and i hadn't seen a picture of him but you'd like just showed me how he skates how he plays in the net like no one would ever think he's he's that big like it's it's kind of never been seen before even like Vashel, like I said, Vashelovsky's only six foot four. So you're getting a guy with really no weaknesses and just a whole lot of, uh, I guess, um, what, what's the word? Kind of just you're getting everything that you want in a goaltender in Kosa. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got everything. So the uh, the biggest thing on draft night was Wallstead not going first, right? It was the first time we had kind of seen the the – going into draft night, the consensus top goalie not be the first goalie taken and and even add that then consensus we, on our list too we should add that. Right, for sure. And uh <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh and and it was it, it made it even more prevalent, I guess you would say, because we we traded up to make it happen and, and still didn't take them. So where do you think uh I, I guess I don't know if confusion might be the right word where do you think the evaluation different is difference is and then I guess for you personally where do you kind of stand on on Wallstead versus Kosa um well at first I was I, I kind of have been in this phase where I've kind of been a big Red Wings fan in the sense of what Stevie Y has been doing with the prospects and stuff so from like a fan perspective and kind of rooting for the Red Wings to get better here I was a little bummed that they didn't take uh, Wallstead because I, I really thought that he was going to go at six. Um, but, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of read up on Casa. And then, I mean, I, I've seen him play a lot. And the more I kind of let it sink in, I it's not it's not as wild, I think, as, uh, as it seemed at first. Um, and especially with the way Stevie Y has uh, drafted the past couple of years, I don't think it's – a very good idea to, to question his decisions. <laughs> so I also took that into account. I think the biggest reason that Wallstead went second and that co- they traded up for Kosa is um, exactly what I said uh, a couple of minutes ago is that he doesn't, he doesn't really have any standout weaknesses in his game. I mean, maybe like low blocker, but I think that's just because he's so big. Maybe he can't reach to it sometimes. But, I mean, it's not a glaring weakness. It's not like a repeated uh, spot that he gets beat at. So I would say just the overall consistency in his game, the the fact that he really doesn't have any weaknesses is, is the reason that they traded up to get him would be um, would be my explanation for it. Sure. The uh, I think one of the other things that was – mainly talked about in in evaluations going into draft night with him was uh was was sound technique and and poise that was like the the big thing he's so calm he's so poised in that um as a as a goalie much more of a goalie expert than we are what uh how important is that and how does he hold himself in net and how important is how he holds himself yeah i mean I think any goalie will probably tell you that the mental part is just as important, if not more important than the uh, being physically uh, sound in the net. Um, and I think that was a, it was a really big test this year for him. Obviously 
Um, you know, they didn't start the season until what was it, February or, yeah. or January or whatever it was. So it wasn't a normal year. So I mean, that in and of itself kind of takes a toll on you mentally. You got to prepare yourself all season or all, I guess, an extended off season. But then once he got into the games, his team in front of him was very good. So he wouldn't even face a huge load of shots every night. But the thing that was uh, that really stood out to me in the games this year, especially, was um, he still faced a good number of high scoring chances and he would just shut it down. I mean, the numbers obviously spoke for itself. The film spoke for itself. Um, He did a great job of just focusing in on what he could do. He Like I said, he wouldn't face 40 to 50 shots a game. So, I mean, a lot of goalies will tell you it's easier to get into a rhythm the more shots you face. So when it's when you're only facing maybe 20 a night, but there are 10 good scoring chances, you really do have to be mentally strong. And he, he displayed that uh, really well. I've, I actually heard that he's kind of gets into the trash talk a little bit. So he oh, kind of yeah. keeps it, he kind of keeps it loose a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I, I think some goalies, you know, every goalie is different, um, but, you know, keeping it loose in the net, but also having that, that focus, I think that kind of balances itself out. So I think he did a, does a really good job of kind of keeping himself locked in for every shot, but still keeping himself loose enough to where he's not, overwhelming himself um for the I have a quick question like how how <clears throat> common is that because you always hear about like goaltenders being weird and like when I hear about a goaltender who's like cutthroat like you know that story that came out the other day about Nathan McKinnon yeah yeah like, absolutely. when you hear about a goaltender that's like that you know it's it's it almost I don't know if it's jarring but it it is that a good thing? I don't know. I mean, I, everybody's different, but like, I, yeah. you know, I, I want to like put that and be like, that makes me very comfortable, but also he's a goalie. So I don't know if, you know, if yeah, a, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, you're right. It's not very common. I mean, I think the, one of the most um, known goalies for kind of just being very kind of strict on their routine and very kind of uptight maybe um, is the word. I'm not exactly sure, but, Braden Holpe, I mean, we see how, like, dialed in he gets for games. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen his routines before games. It doesn't really seem like he really talks with anyone. He's just kind of to himself. They're crazy. There's YouTube videos of just – they are nuts. Exactly. They are so nuts. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think a lot of uh, people get that idea that that's kind of how you have to be as a goalie. Um, But I've – kind of done a lot of research and read all different articles with how um, different goalies are. And uh, one of the, the guys that comes to mind is Thatcher Demko. I read an article how he used to be really uptight and really um, like into, into rituals before the game. If he didn't do something, he wouldn't feel right. And then he was in a slump and he just said, you know what, I'm just going to let this, let this go. I'm going to show up, get myself activated and just keep it loose. And he ended up playing really well. And that's just kind of stuck with him. So I think, um, you know, having a guy like or Costa being a guy that maybe gets involved in the trash talk or keeps it loose, I think it's it, it shouldn't be a concern um, because especially if he's proven that, you know, it, it works for him, then I don't think you should be concerned about it at all because he's obvious it's worked for him so far. And and you and I think I we've seen other guys that might not be as uptight as a Holpe or 
uh, whomever. I mean, Flurry is always smiling and, you know, he's always pretty loose too. 24 7. The the twenty four seven Penguins Capital special with him on it when he was like ah oh, come on fuck face you know like <laughs> dude, dude, the funniest dude ever I've been yeah, a, and... a Flower fan for life after watching that, and that oh was, yeah like, yeah he's the Red Wings Pens rivalry he's awesome he he keeps it loose I I think you know I don't I don't know I as a goalie myself I I even I this year tried to keep it a little bit loose and uh, it kind of worked I mean I I, I think it's just you kind of got to just do what works for you. You don't, you shouldn't try and thing. So uh, that would be my take on that. So uh, the, the size, let's just get to how big he is. Like that's, that's the the biggest thing you talked about earlier, right? What, as far as his technique and just like what, like whether it's moves or stances or whatever, how, in what way specifically, technically speaking, does his size help him so much? Um, specifically when he drops down his, his body, I mean, he's, his shoulders are still touching the crossbar. Um, his RVH, his RVH, his post work, um, is, is really good. Um, but he doesn't overuse it, which is very common for goalies now. I mean, I, I brought up Vashlevsky already, but there's, there's other goalies that will overuse the RVH a lot and just go down no matter what. But Kosa is, is really smart about when to go down and when to stay up. And that's to me is is one of the biggest things that will go will keep him not just uh, more prepared for shots, but longevity as well. I mean, you're not putting as much stress on your hips, you're not putting as much stress on your knees. So he's really smart about that. Um, but his, I mean, his size, he he comes out, and he challenges. So I mean, there's nothing to shoot at. I mean, he's not, he doesn't sit Taking angles and, away, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing to shoot at. And he's to me, I, I haven't seen a goalie be that big and be not only that athletic, but he's smart about when to like, when to go down and when to stay up. So that's how the size is just like, how are we going to beat this guy? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, the uh, let, let's go into his, I guess you would say like development from, from where he's at now going forward, just uh, based on where you think he's at now and everything, what's a rough timetable of when you think he's going to be NHL. I don't even know if NHL ready is the word, but like on the Red Wings roster. Um, I mean, obviously this year he'll go back to junior hockey. Um, sure. He'll probably be team Canada starter at the world juniors. I don't see anyone really, taking that away from him um i think he'll run away with that and hopefully you know maybe a memorial cup run is in the in the cards i don't know how good his team will be but then i mean after that he'll be 20 so i mean then maybe probably gonna need two years in the ahl i'd say but i mean we saw how quick carter hart got into the nhl i know he had a down year this year but i don't expect that to to stay so i mean it seems like maybe goaltenders are developing a little quicker than how it used to be um, Vashilevsky was up by 21 or 22. So, I mean, I would say for sure this year in his finishes out juniors and then definitely at least one year in the AHL. But I mean, like I said, if a guy at that size, I mean, who's to say he can't be there in, in not two years, but the year after that. So I right. guess three years road, I, I would say three to four years. I, and that would be at the latest, but I, it won't be it won't be a super long process, I don't think. There's a lot 
in his game that's already pretty well developed. Um, there's nothing that seems like it would be a project or take time to develop in his game. So I would say, yeah, for three years would be a good estimate for me. Um, that would be my guess. I have a quick question. Like <clears throat> a 941 save percentage in the WHL. Why go like, is there another option for him? Like why go back? You know, what is left to prove there? Like I, do you yeah. like Though that I think his development of just not, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think the only problem with, well, the, the first thing is I don't think he ha- he can go to the AHL because of that CHL NHL agreement they have is that he's already played a year or he's played in the WHL. So I don't, unless that doesn't apply to goalies, I'm not really sure. No, you're probably um, right. I think that's right. I think they still, I think it does apply to goalies. So I think he would, it would have to be either NHL or back to the WHL. Um, I, I mean, or unless he wanted to go overseas and play, but I mean, that's, that's not very likely. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would be a terrible option, but it's just something that doesn't seem realistic. Um, and then the other thing too, is they didn't get a full season in this year. Um, so I think maybe going back to the CHL and just developing and just continuing to play and, and build the confidence too. I mean, if he can continue to put up those numbers, he's going to be as confident as can be. And he's going to be able to, like I said, play in the world juniors, which is every Canadian kid's dream. Is he a, um, is, like, is he a lock for that? Do you think? Or I, I would be shocked if he got cut. I mean, like that would be a major shock. And if, if he didn't start, it would, it would be another shock. I don't think there's a, a Canadian goalie. That's really mm-hmm close to him in that's terms of cool. how good he is. Yeah. That's, that's and he's, he'll be a 19, Canada. he'll be a 19 year old as well this year. He was a late Oh two. So it's not like he's an 18 trying to go battle up against the 19 year olds. He's the same. He's, he's, he's the guy. If, if you were to guess just like how big of uh, a part of like the getting that year in the WHL, like what do you think the value is of just like, or I guess like how, how, yeah, what is the value in relation to like the actual play that's in front of you of like just having a season of continuity where you're the guy, you're in the zone, it's your net, like just having that type of kind of unfiltered season in a way, like just a, a good, easy season. Like for the mindset, does that help there? Because I feel like that's that's the biggest thing with goalies is like you have to keep them. It's just a battle of keeping them in the right mindset, you know, like constantly trying to contain their, their, their brains. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I think going back this year, just to have a full season and to know that you're, you're, you're guaranteed all these games. I mean, I mean, unless obviously something dramatic happens with COVID, I mean, there should be a full season. Um, So I think going back and knowing that you're going to be able to play a full season, play for a, WHL title and then perhaps a Memorial Cup. That's that's got to be pretty motivating. Obviously, no Memorial Cup this year, this past year. So um, I think he'll be pretty motivated to go try and play for that because it will be his last year of juniors. Um, and then to go back to your point about being the guy, yeah, I mean, he won't have to – if he has a bad game here or there or slips up, he can – he knows he's not going to be sent down to a – an ECHL team or something like that, or he's not going to, he's going to be able to just go back and practice, work on what happened and and focus for the next game. 
what do you think is his single besides size? What do you think is his, his single best attribute as a goaltender? Uh, his ability to battle when the play breaks down. He's so he's athletic. He's, he's quick. Um, he's really good on his edges, which is, I think a really uh, not talked about part of his game. Um, his edge work is really good when he's, when he's down, um, his, his lateral movement is, is really good. And like I said, he's athletic enough to pretty much get anything when he's down, even if it's going upstairs or whatever it is, he's, he's going to be able to get it cause he's big enough. But when he's moving side to side there, if a pass is going cross crease or it's a rebound play, he's so quick to get to that side that he's going to make that second save look relatively easy. Um, so I would say, I mean, most people will probably say his athleticism, but I'm going to say his edge work because it's, it's really good in the crease. He moves side to side phenomenally. I, uh, I only have one more like wrap up question. Nolan, you got anything else? No. All right. Um, my only yeah. last one is just like, what, what's one thing you want to tell wings fans about Costa that maybe we haven't covered or, or anything. And, uh, what kind of, you know, player long-term are we getting here? Oh man. Great questions. One thing that, yeah, that is a good question. One thing that I think Red Wings fans, they, you just got to understand that this is, this is the guy. I mean, he's going to be your franchise goalie for a long time. And I mean, the Delkovich is there too. So, I mean, you're going to have two that, I mean, I think Kosa's ceiling is much higher than Nedeljkovic. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Can Nedeljkovic be a starter, a full-time starter? I don't have the answer to that question. Um, but Kosa has that potential to not only be that full-time starter, but to be the, the next Andre Vasilevsky or, you know, Carey Price or some of these top goaltenders in the league. He's, he's that guy. He's, he's got, he's, like I said, the thing that is so incredible about his game is that he doesn't just drop down and, you know, get in the way of pucks. He's constantly engaged in the play and constantly uh, reading different situations of when to go down. And, and he knows when he does go down, he's still going to be able to take up half of that, but he'll stay up as long as he can to make sure he gets, to where he needs to be to make that next save and not just get stay on his knees the whole time. All right. Beautiful. Danny, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Now, thank right you. before we went on air, I said, cause we talked to, I, you know, I asked where you're calling from. You said Illinois. And I said, are you a Blackhawks fan? I found that right before we went on air, but I have to say, Scott, I don't know about you. I heard I'm a Red Wings fan in some way, <laughs> shape or form throughout that. I heard uh, that. I'm I really did. excited. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Lots of lots of. I'm not trying energy. to put him on blast. And, I'm and not no, try, no, uh, we just we, we're <laughs> not just trying to make his friends mad at you him know, or anything, but. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, like, we just appreciate the objectivity. Yeah, yes. we are happy to have you on board. If you ever want to go to a game, hit us up. You know, we'll yep. go down with you, and, yeah, and right. we'll make that, sure that you get in some good wings gear, and, and we'll have a blast. That, that sounds great. I. I got a couple of good friends that are Red Wings fans, you know, with the Blackhawks kind of having some down years and I've been into prospects for a while. I, I love what the Red Wings are doing and, you know, they're not in the same conference anymore. So, I mean, I don't really yeah. see much of a rivalry anymore. So yeah, I got Fair a lot enough. of respect for the Red Wings. 
Well, I think uh, yeah. our listeners got a lot of respect for you and the things that came out of your mouth at that last question. I said, great question, Scott, but that was a great answer. I was like, this is going to look great on a quote board. So Danny Tiffany, go check out his work at Dauber Prospects. Where can people find you on Twitter? What do you got coming up that people should check out? And uh, the floor is yours. Uh, well, the Twitter is at Dan Tiffany 30. Um, I think I'm at like 990 followers. So if you guys want to get oh, me to one, yeah, to 1,000 to tomorrow, 1K. we're going to have you at a thousand. I promise you. That yeah. would be great. Elite, elite and, um, just stay tuned for more, uh, Dauber work. I got a, uh, I'm a part of a great team over there. They do a great job. I'm just, just a piece of the puzzle. So just stay tuned for more work on, uh, prospects and, you know, we'll try and, evaluate uh for the next next group of red wings next year at the draft look at this a company man i don't know what they're company paying you man. but it's not enough danny tiffany go follow <laughs> him on twitter uh hopefully we can have you back on another time we'll talk a little cosa later on in the the year maybe talk about your red wings fandom and how it continues to grow <laughs> uh thank you absolutely so much for joining us, man. thank appreciate you guys it. appreciate it have a good one <laughs> What's up, everybody? Just going to step in here really quick and tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information, all that good stuff. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. There's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice, and your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. What, what, are we, what are we getting, Dad? We have a lemon tree yeah, Friday. We, we got have about 10 extras on there besides the ones that are still from uh, springtime. Well, there's a couple of new budding ones over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's quite – oh, you said there are 10 new this ones? Is this is a live lemon tree Friday update from – You're, you're going to be on the show tomorrow. This is a live update. I'm a live update? All right. <laughs> live update. So we got, we got about eight or ten uh, extra lemons coming on uh, in addition to the ones that we've been protecting in – and nurturing since springtime. The nurturing, yes. Nurturing being uh, took a Taco Bell cup and cut a hole in it and then taped it around the branch of the tree so that squirrels wouldn't need it. Yeah. That's what right. nurturing means. That's beautiful. <laughs> now, can you ask uh, Can you ask them just what these lemons mean to you? You know, every, every year <laughs> when, it's lemon tr- when it's lemon tree time, what, is, what does that symbolize to you? What does that represent? He wants to know what what the lemon trees mean to you and every every (laughs) and every every springtime when when it's when it's lemon when the lemon tree goes from right here taking up a quarter of our entire living room to the porch what that symbolizes in your brain and and what that means to you and and what what i'm going to add on a little bit here what does it mean (laughs) to your tea drinking experience well first of all fresh lemons right off the tea are phenomenal you cannot get any better than that (laughs) There's, there's I just nothing, nothing compared. He says to he that. agrees. So that part. No one's have said had some chef experience in his past, okay. so he's right. he's with it. He's, so, he respects. Uh, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, big time. Uh, little citrus. Know, ripen on the tree. Little citrus. He says. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Got to have it. 
So when you move it from the from the living room to outside, a quarter of our living room. I want to make that okay, apparent. A quarter of our living room. <laughs> that's kind of that's the uh, that's you know that that kind of circle of life thing. Every springtime, winter has killed everything off, and now everything is born again, and and it's back, back out into the into the summer, and that means summer has arrived, and baseball. Yes, that's that. See that that's how our house works. The lemon tree grows outside. Oh, it's baseball season. So there you, guys, there you go. I wish you guys could see my face right now. I'm smiling so hard. Now ask him <laughs> if he was aware of Lemon Tree Friday and just what it means to the listenership. So so he wants to know. So we've talked about how there's a Lemon Tree Friday every Friday, right? And how right. I update yeah, yeah. the listeners. He wants to know what it means to you that that so many people now. <laughs> listen and are aware of your lemon tree in your front yard and at the updates that it brings. I, I am I'm truly honored to have, have the, uh, the, the non agricultural world, uh, the hockey community of, of sports, the hockey community, uh, paying attention to my lemons and, uh, <laughs> and how they're, how they're growing all, all a man ever wants is for somebody doing. to pay attention to his lemons. He says all a man ever wants <laughs> is for a man to pay attention to his I lemons. I love, Absolutely. I love, <laughs> That's all you gotta add. Your lemons just need a little attention, and it's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you'll you'll find it humorous. Nolan and I have literally gotten listeners like at us on Twitter with like pictures of lemon trees. <laughs> like that's happened like before. I like like that. somebody what one time was like reading a, an article on a website and came across. <laughs> Like a lemon uh, tree article and took a screenshot of it and was like, at Nolan Biagi, Scott Bentley. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so it's a thing. So there you go. Like so it. the it's listeners like are, are your, very prevalent. Your you famous know, lemon yeah, tree. Sports are a wonderful thing, but you, there's, there's, you got to take a, a minute here and a minute there to do some. To admire things. a lemon. So, to, to talk about the lemons. Yeah. You know, and there you go. The lemons and follow, you know, because it's like that. It's that it's, it's life, man. That's it's life. I was getting lemon trees, say that. life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there sports are like lemons. Sometimes they're <laughs> sour. Sometimes they add to your overall experience of life. He says sports are like lemons. Sometimes they're sour and sometimes they add overall experience to your life. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Unbelievable. <laughs> Lemon Tree Friday, the most there you go. Lemon Tree Friday. electric segment. Uh, maybe in podcast history. We're taking I think a break maybe in podcast history. The interview and and he came through and we just had to do it. We had to. We do had it. to. And this like was it. we appreciate it. Unbelievable right. podcasting. Great debut, <laughs> you know, Mr. Kevin. Take it easy. He says great debut. <laughs> I love the uh I love the the uh the, the translator that we had there. Yes, because like, yes, I have headphones on. on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're it's almost like you're expecting to hear you tell him in a different language. Yes, but. it did it must it must <laughs> seem like that. Yes. No, I, I was wearing the headphones and he was not, so I had to do an English to English translation for everybody. Beautiful. Yes. So let's get to some Red Wings news before we get to how do you feel about it. We're just going to run through it real quick. Tyler Bertuzzi resigns a two-year contract worth $9.5 million. It's $4.75 million AAV. He will be a unrestricted free agent at the end of it. Uh, overall, thoughts on this contract? How do you feel about it? I'm happy with it, man. I'm really happy with it. It's, uh, it's. I think, I mean, we talked about how we were a little nervous, right? That, mm-hmm. that. Tuesday might not have been coming well, back. And I, well, let's be clear. This does not preclude him from a trade. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, not, not even remotely. Um, I, I think, I think what it, the, the reason that I am kind of like weight off the shoulders is that he is 
I think that this was, we talked about how uh, parting ways might've been smart for, for both teams. I think the value in which we got him in is also good for both parties. Uh, I think that we got him for good value. And I think that it also is, is um, well, it was enough for him to put pen to paper, obviously. So, so it was, it was good enough for him at a, at a bare minimum. But uh, I, I think that it could, uh, I think that it was, it was good for both parties. And I think that even if we do were to move him, uh, that's not a contract that's going to scare other teams away and stuff. Like yeah. I, I think that it's, it's, it's going to be beneficial for everybody, no matter what his future holds. It is crazy to me. And this is kind of, uh, actually I'll get to Tyler Batuz first, but I do have something else in a second with the Darnell nurse news that has been coming through uh, over these past couple of days. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi. I agree. I, I mean, like, it doesn't feel like we're in really any different boat than we were maybe this time last year. Obviously, the difference being that he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this contract instead of an RFA uh, at the end of his last one. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that will just and, and I could be wrong. Who knows? But I, he just is a guy that, like, just doesn't let you down, you know, and I just think that, like, anytime you can keep a guy like that. Good. And I don't know. It's interesting to me, maybe why Tyler Bertuzzi's name has come up in trade talks with Anthony Mantha. It was fairly obvious with Tyler Bertuzzi. Maybe there's a concern about him fitting into the contending window. I don't know. Well, Tyler Bertuzzi, like there is no inconsistent, like, you know, exactly what you're getting from him. And that is a damn good hockey player. The -hmm. back surgery obviously is a huge, huge factor. That is something that is very scary from a organizational commitment standpoint. So I get why, you know, maybe they wouldn't be be interested in locking him up to something long. And maybe he wouldn't be interested in locking up to something long. You know, maybe he thinks he still has untapped potential, but like, I can't see a reason why you would trade him. I, 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 unless of course he's just, and, and that's the thing, right? Is you can go back and forth on it because with Steve Eisman, why would you trade him? Well, probably because you can get three times the value back. Right. <laughs> you know, I get that. And so, but like outside of that, I can't really think of a, a, a real reason other than well, you could probably get like a first round pick, you know, and that, and if that's on the table, then I get it. But yeah, on its face, no, it confuses it's, me. yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think this, this just puts this put no matter what, like all the different avenues that could happen, this puts, all of those in a better scenario, in a better situation, whether he plays for us, whether he doesn't play for us, whatever at this, this contract puts, uh, puts those in, in good. I don't know. I was going to say good spirits and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> in, uh, in, good in, faith. A, in a good faith. Sure. Sure. So like, here's the thing that I've been thinking about lately is all of these kinds as, as Ken Holland has completely Ken Holland continues to sewer the future of the Edmonton Oilers. And as we continue to contrast Steve Eisman's moves as Red Wings GM with Ken Hollins. I can't remember if I brought this up on the podcast or not, but like the idea that because of the salary cap, a GM can come in and make a team, ruin a team, a franchise for six years feels wrong. And I don't know if this is a salary cap issue. 
I, I think it is a salary cap issue. Like we hold these, like, I understand that there should be like sometimes cap penalties. If you sign a guy to a huge contract only to buy him out, like there, there should be some sort of rules and regulations there. Contracts should be guaranteed maybe, but like it's just, it's, it's so crazy how one man can just give out contracts and ruin a franchise. And, and it seems wrong. And it's because of the salary cap. You know, like they're not going to be able to 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 do anything in a couple years. Yeah, and half of that is on the ownership for picking that guy to run their hockey team. I'm not saying that they should, you know, get let off the hook, but like this is something that's really been bothering me lately. When I just like see these, and it's and it's and there's just so many ways to get around it, and so there are some teams who do like slimy stuff and then you're like so, trading Henrik so Zetterberg three years at, you know, they didn't never end up doing that, but like the, the Blackhawks mil traded over the cap. Brent Seabrook last year, this oh, yeah, offseason, that's you know, like, come on, get out of here. Like, why does that have to be a thing? It just seems more complicated than it should be. And it makes me sick to like, honestly think that there are organizations out there who just like, you have a, a GM who can't do math. And so you're screwed. You know, it's not about finding good hockey players. It's about like, and and maybe that's just a reason to give credit to the organizations who do it well and do it long, but it just feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, it, it, I've just been struggling with it lately. I don't know why it's, it, it's definitely. So like, as how do you feel about it? Right. So, so as, <laughs> right. As, uh, as most people are aware by now, my first comparison is, is to baseball with most things. And I think that the salary cap eliminates the Dave Dombrowski's of the world. It eliminates the, the, I am going to trade all the prospects for all current talent. And, and I am going to give, I'm going to, to not egregiously, but slightly overpay, like solid, but not great players, just so that we can guarantee that if there's an injury that happens or, or whatever, just for depth purposes, somebody that is, that is good enough to play on a competitive baseball team is going to be out there every single night for the entire season. Um, and I think that Ken Holland is like, wanting to be the Dave Dombrowski of a salary cap sport and yeah. just doesn't. And yeah. like, he's just like way worse at it. And I'm not sure if that's <laughs> the salary cap's fault or Ken Holland's fault or well, a healthy mix of both. But like, that's, that's like where my head goes. I think you just brought up an excellent point. And that is a guy like Dave Dombrowski can ship out gaggles of prospects don't like for these guys because there's never a concern about whether or not you can add him due to the salary cap. Right. I mean, like that adds parity. You, you getting three top prospects back because this team can afford to take on that contract is beneficial to the, to the smaller clubs mm-hmm. in the long term. Think about how many, how many, like extra picks could have been flying around this year. If, if team, you know, like just how many draft picks can swap hands. And, and it just, honestly, I think all it does is it just makes things more manageable for the teams at the bottom because they have that ability to, to kind of 
prey on teams who are so hungry for, uh, uh, you know, peace before the deadline. The the owners don't care about like what they're paying them. Like, I mean, I know that they do, otherwise they wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a salary cap and there wouldn't be, you know, all those things. But like, it's honestly, at the end of the day, the difference between $8 million and $12 million is literally chump change to Chris Illich. You know, oh, and, yeah. and so you're just if you Big look time. at it from that perspective, it's like I don't really see how it hurts anybody except for it, it just literally hurts everybody. The, the salary cap does it hurts teams who are trying to be competitive, who have devoted assets to accruing the talent. Like, I think it's unfair that the, the lightning have to break up, you know, like they built that team. Yeah, that's messed up. And, and, but it would, it would be, and I know that the, like in, in Nikita Kucherov going out to market and signing a $10 million contract with the Ranger or or, or Artemi Panarin, back that up, Artemi Panarin going out and signing a $10 million contract with the Rangers does not help the Columbus Blue Jackets. But if he could, uh, you know, like, and so you just, you have these guys who like the, they get there and then the joke is, oh, 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 that first contract is going to come. He's gone. I'm so happy for Bucks fans because they finally get to shut out that noise of Giannis is going to leave because you guys mm-hmm. can't win. That's torture. That's terrible. And if you're, if you want to develop guys like the, the pirates, for example, they literally are a farm team. Yes. That's what they are. They are a Have major league for the better part team. of 30 years now. And that's first off, I can't fathom like being a fan of a team like that, but um, they literally in, in the last 30 years have had like one two year era of like, okay. like but decent the, the, baseball. That's still and, like and, an and it immediately and it immediately ended because they didn't want to pay any of the good players. Yep. <laughs> and then they traded them all away. So I, I mean, yeah, man, it's it's crazy when you look at um, like you know people do those for fun. Like, oh, if everybody played for the team that they made their MLB debut on, like what you know, and they do that for all sports, right? Like, if they're the team that drafted them, like what would it look like? And and the Pirates would be a pretty damn legit team, but they've never been a damn legit team <laughs> because. Yeah. They always get rid of them and 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 trade them before they actually have to pay them. And and yeah, that you're you are a, a major league farm team for the rest of the league, literally. And and to your point, in, in salary cap, the in, in the NHL, you're seeing successful teams having to do something that the pirates choose to do. And that then the and the successful teams are forced to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the the rift um, comes into play. Yeah, yeah. And and as I'm sitting here, I'm like kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I guess it does kind of make sense. Like the way that the NBA does it, where they're like, you have a certain amount of money that you can commit to this player under the cap. So if you can just get the owners to commit to spending to the cap to some degree, which I think most of them kind of do. Like I don't, I don't really know any teams in like the NBA, NFL, NHL. Maybe I'm just being woefully ignorant right now, but like who refuse to spend to the cap if they think they have a shot, you know, like the, the Arizona coyotes have gone for it in the last couple of years. Like they're the, the pirates are the one exception to like this whole point of mine. <laughs> but if you think about it, 
they still have exciting ass players rolling through that team every yeah. single year. I and mean, they currently have to several show up yeah. to the ball prospects you know? now. Yeah, Cabrian Hayes. And, mm-hmm. and they so, have two all-star starters this year. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Pirates not only had two all-stars, two all-star starters were in the starting lineup. Yeah. Two for the yeah. National League. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, they traded one of them <laughs> two weeks after the deadline. because They're they going to trade the other one next year. Next year because they, they <laughs> don't want – aren't going to extend him. But – it, it they they have they have the, the timing of that one at least makes a li- little bit more sense like you know they're still probably three or four years away from competing and if you know if you're not gonna unless you're extending them for 10 years i guess like what's the point then, but uh, yeah on the flip side of that though like let's say the pirates like to spend and but they weren't a team that like they were they're a team that like they have to overspend to keep guys you know like they would have to overspend to keep guys because the way the organization is it's kind of like the lions to a degree where it's like you kind of got to trap them here and to do that in small market cities or or you know teams that don't traditionally win the you know you kind of need a way I don't know. Like, I just feel like they're, they're the only team that just never, ever, ever goes for it. Like they, you have those teams in all sports, but typically like we saw with the blue jackets a couple of years ago, they were like, screw it. We're never going to have this much talent again. Everybody's leaving. Let's go for it. And they had a right. couple guys at the deadline. They beat the lightning. Did they, was that the year? I can't remember. They won a playoff series that year. Um, yes. That is the year. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think that like, I'm, you're you're limiting the marketplace in terms of transactions between teams which is how bad teams actually get good quick you know and and you can speed up the parity and speed up the rebuilds and speed up the t- like I don't, it's not good for major league baseball that tigers fans have been sitting on their hands for five years you know like right. i don't think it's good for any team to to sit on like it's not good for that you just lost an entire generation of detroit baseball fans right for sure so, yeah, no. I mean, they're not gonna not gonna hear a rebuttal uh, over here Marsh on that salary one, for cap. sure. Uh, yes, salary floor good, salary cap bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, the MLB should have a, a salary floor. Oh, you get annoyed yes, when should. people say MLB instead of, or when people say the MLB instead of MLB. <laughs> no, that there are there are a lot of baseball adages that I like. Like if you say points that are run, I'm gonna get mad at you. That for whatever reason, like Ooh. the MLB, MLB one, like that's like I don't even correct people anymore. I'm like, whatever, they just don't know, whatever. Also, got to talk to everybody about our friends over at Built Bar. Nolan and I always are telling you guys how amazing Built Bars are. Did you know that they have nine delicious flavors? You do, because you listen to us and we rave about it all the time. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite flavor is the cookies and cream. But the great thing is you can also get a mixed box, which is two of each of the nine flavors. And you can go in and, and then you know what flavors you like. And next time you order, you know exactly what to order. Built Bars are not only the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today. Get that raspberry, get that cookies and cream, get that mixed box, whatever you want. Order today. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of U.S. track and field team. 
You know how crazy that is that you can just like eat what an Olympian eats and you're choosing not to. Ridiculous. They don't just choose anybody to be the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Okay. Eat what Olympians eat. Get a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, I got to jump in to talk today about rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. You can save time and money with Rock Auto, though. Uh, why would you spend 30 50 even 100% huh? for the same auto parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you could go to rockauto.com, uh, get even better service, get something more accustomed or not something more specific geared towards your needs like you're, you're not just getting whatever they give you you can you can go through it all if you're not a car guy they make it real easy i'm not a car guy they make it real easy for me and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet just go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on and they're how did you hear about us boxes that they know we sent you they got amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need it's rockauto.com Penalty over, out of the box and wide open. In the clear, Ronnie, and he scores! What a way to join the Red Wings, serving at too many men on the ice. He puts the Red Wings in front, 2-1, to one, with his first in the wing wheel. All right, so let's hit on Jacob Verona real quick, and then somebody that I know has a bone to pick with you about uh, the way you say your scores. So we'll we'll close on that, because I think it, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun debate. Jacob Verona, okay. Adam Ernie, both filing for RFA. My quick thoughts is that, of course, like Adam Ernie, uh, he just had a career year. He's looking to capitalize on what he did in that contract year. Um, so he'll say, look at how productive I was last year. And the Red Wings will say, look at his 15.5% shooting percentage. This is not sustainable. He's not that good. And mm-hmm. he's going to be like, dang, it hurts my feelings. And then a judge is going to go, whap, And they're probably going to rule that right in the middle of, of what. Probably. <laughs> they Usually how it works. And then from a Jacob Verona standpoint, like I don't, I don't know. I feel like the 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 contract projections that were out there for just like a bridge deal, like four to five, whatever, because he's a really interesting case. He can go to the arbitration case and say, I have statistically been a top three five on five player in the NHL for the last three years, which is a fact. And I proved it once I got to Detroit. I am that player. I was in a bad situation. I am this player. I deserve this money. I'm going to produce this much. And the Red Wings say, all right, well, relax. You only played 11 games here. And it was the end of the season. And it was kind of just a crapshoot. And, and, and I think that that's kind of the, the, the two forces at play. Like, I, I feel like those will kind of be the prevailing arguments there is relax. You know, you've only played 11 games. We don't know that you're that dude. You know, we think you're a good, great player. We like you a lot, but we know Nathan McKinnon. Or, you know, right. We know Austin Matthews, you know. And so, I, but he, sure. he he might win his game. You know, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. For sure, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested on on his case. And I, I fully expected him to go to arbitration. Absolutely. Uh, I, I – 
am a I'm not like floored. I'm a little bit more surprised that uh, that Ernie went to Arb and we didn't just like work out a one year deal to kind of like avoid arbitration. To be honest, we find out he filed for like five million. You know, right? Yeah, like that. Right, like that. So, so yeah, Verana not not surprised at all because he, like you said, has a legitimate case and and could work up his price a little more. But I am I am a little bit surprised that Ernie wasn't just like both parties didn't sit down and go, can we just like avoid court and just like <laughs> but like, to be to be fair, like the difference between one million dollars and three million dollars, kind of a lot. Yeah. You I know, mean, yeah, so it, I, you just had a great year. Why not try and go get it? Go for you it. Know, you have a nice laugh with Steve on the way out. Like, I knew you were gonna get me with the shooting percentage. <laughs> You know, like, uh, like you had to know. Yeah, ah, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. So the last word of business. You know, we had the the sign off at the end of every show. If you have positive feedback, please. Yeah. Tell us in our reviews. Some of the feedback I got. Scotty Bentley. It kills me inside every time he says the losing score before the winning score, mm. and I have a feeling that because you're somebody who says scores a lot tweets scores a lot you get this a lot i do how do you feel about it because i am in agreement with that person honestly i've never really noticed it before but i am very adamant about that sure you say the winning score first a lot of people yeah (laughs) i I never have and i've I've always always gotten a hard time for it i go road home no matter what road home you don't even say your team other team road home Cause that's how the box scores laid out that road teams on top home teams on bottom. That's how it's written down. That's literally how it's written. Holy no, shit. The score. That, so the like box my score, perspective, I hate to break it to everybody. The box <laughs> score doesn't do a magic trick and flip sides just because one team's winning and one team's not. Okay. So <laughs> how the box score is laid out road team, home team. That's how I've always done it. Honestly, that's fair. <laughs> I, I've, I've I disagree this, with you. I disagree with, with you. And like style, like if you're gonna write it, yeah. I mean, you. I. But I can understand why you would say it like that. I, yeah. I, I, sure. I, you know, I, it's not acceptable if you're you're typing it out. Honestly, still to me, I'm not gonna judge you. But sure. well, like so, like all of the scores that I talk about or say are always tigers games right like that's yeah. the that's the big i'm assuming that that's the what the the gripe is referring to and uh and yeah the the when i used to do like um when i would do my my videos i would i would write it differently and i would do the tigers were in the same spot every time but but when i say it when i say it out loud and and i'm sure that that you know, if you listen to it, it's always, it's always road home, no matter what. Yeah. That's so funny because when somebody said that to me, I was under the impression that you were just saying like, you, you just loved your team so much. You just couldn't put another one out of them. You know, I was like classic sure. Scotty, you know, just, <laughs> that guy, this guy's hard. That's how it reads on a box score. Fair enough. So that's you know how I say I, it. I, that, that I can at least understand. I'm glad we can't. I'm glad we had this conversation this way too many times. <laughs> I, I <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure there's like outliers, whatever, like like where I like you know uh, if I screwed up or just flipped it around for like. But I have literally had this conversation uh, uh, tens of times in in my life, like since high school. Uh, so yes, so that is it, it's not going anywhere. It's not changing, and that is the reason. <laughs> 
that's funny. Well, I feel like I, you know, we understand each other a little bit better. So at least we, we, we got sure. Fair um, enough. Uh, last thing before we head out, the Red Wings signed Chase Pearson, uh, 23 year old center with the Grand Rapids Griffins, had eight goals, 14 assists last year. I believe he was third on the team in points. Um, we'll see what he does. I mean, this is a guy that, like, he's always like, he's a big fan favorite. He's always playing pretty well for the Griffins. And, um, he just strikes me as one of those guys that for the most part is a career NH- or AHLer, but I might get a shot up here every once in a while and be a reliable feeling guy. So I'm we're rooting for him. I know that. Sure. We love organizational depth, baby. We love organizational depth. Love uh, anything else before we, we head on to this next week? We, I don't really know what we have planned. We're, we're, we're going to go Tuesday. We're going to go Wednesday and we're going to go Friday. We didn't do that this week. I'm sorry. It's the start of the new schedule. We went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, uh sure. But we're, I think like we were discussing before the show started, the Fridays are going to be our episode to, to bring up the news and talk about the news. And uh, the other two days a week will hopefully be fun stuff. So like more stuff like the draft or the best draft, drafting the best names in draft history. Um, you know, just, just shenanigans, the pancakes and prospects type stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed that, by the way. It was uh, fun. We're working on our YouTube channel, um, but we're going to have some fun this summer. Red Wings Book Club. That is still going to be a thing. I feel bad. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like our listeners don't trust us because I personally make a lot of empty promises. Well, on that our, one on was tough just because of like the green room scenario yeah. was yeah bad yeah. timing. But yeah, we'll get we'll get a hold of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you have positive feedback, please tell us in our reviews. If you have negative feedback, please tell me in my DMs. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Bam 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 bam. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.